1: Think something
2: new, mm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Imprint Companion. This is a show all about Australia's number one brand new Blu-ray boutique label, Imprint Films, part of Via Vision Entertainment, every batch, my beautiful friend and I, Alexi Toliopoulos, who you can hear here, say hello, Alexi.
3: Hello, Alexi.
2: We usually gush, unpack unravel and unwrap all of the special features and the brand new releases in every batch that imprint films has brought out since the beginning up and to date now. However, today's a very special episode today. It is not just Alexi and I gushing over many films. We're going to focus a special episode. One film will be covered one of the brand new releases. In fact, it is spine label 66. Wow. Sexy 66, very kind of spooky number for the number one fan. The only way that this release could have been better is if this person had done a commentary track on it, ladies and gentlemen, and fans of imprint companion and serious disc agreement, please welcome the wonderful prodigious author, screenwriter, film curator at Australia's national museum. And person who does not like compliments maria lewis welcome to imprint (laughs) companion
0: hello nick it's the only intro to me it's the only intro the seminal moment from double jeopardy when she tilts her head she's Mm. in that armani size four and she looks (laughs) him dead in his fucking lying eyes and goes hello nick oh every time every time
1: i don't think i want you to grow up who's gonna go sailing with me then in every love if you like it it's yours if i like it there is a moment we should do this more often go away just the two of us with nobody else around never to be forgotten about life insurance policies. Nick wanted to make sure that we'd be okay. There's a big difference between okay and two million dollars. The jury may seem as a motive. I didn't kill my husband. Libby Parsons is in prison for a crime she didn't commit. I'd like you to adopt my son. Money won't be a problem. It isn't about money. Thank you. Now, the only way back to her son is to find out what really happened.
2: Hi, Mommy. Hello, sweetie pie.
3: Daddy!
1: Nick?
0: Nick? You ever hear of something called double jeopardy? The state says you already killed your husband. They can't convict you of it a second time. That means that when you leave here, you can kill him. And there's
1: nothing anybody can do about it. it makes you feel warm and tingly all over, don't it? Paramount Pictures presents... Who's this? That's somebody I'm looking for. Pretty girl. Oh yeah, she's very pretty. For a convicted murderer. What are you looking for? A friend I hadn't seen for a couple years. And she died in the accident. Poor Simon. I've never seen anyone so grief-stricken. Oh, I'm sure. It's over, Libby. You cannot know what it is like to sit in prison and think of nothing else in the world but your son. Did I make the right choice? I didn't have a choice. You ever arrest anybody you thought was innocent, but you can't prove it? She is in New Orleans. She does have a gun. She is looking for you. She believes that I'm her husband, whom she killed. Yes, sir. Hello, Nick. I learned a few things in prison. I could shoot you in the middle of Mardi Gras, and they can't touch me.
3: Double Jeopardy.
1: Where's my son?
3: Maria, I'm so excited to talk to you about this movie. This version of it, this beautiful new Blu-ray disc, is the first time I've ever seen Double Jeopardy.
0: Which in part, like, makes me want to throw up. But then at the same time, <laughs> I'm also like, how cool and how mm-hmm. exciting and what an amazing opportunity to be able to watch what is, for me, like, the pen ultimate moment for 90s thrillers. You know what I mean? Like,
3: Yes, I know exactly you know, what you mean.
0: Yeah, like, there was a, that that era of 90s thriller is some of my favourite. Kind of, like, it really kicks off with the John Grisham shit. And yeah. not shit, like, I love Pelican Brief. That score is yeah. completely out of pocket and, like, really needs a rework. But, mm-hmm. like, that era of... The <laughs> how like yeah. On well, behalf I of mean, one of
2: Pakula's guys, how dare you?
0: He can do the fucking score. It's not his fault. James Horner, I think, who's like, bah, 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 every time, it's so hectic. But... Like it has all those essential elements, right? Female protagonists usually Mm need an older supporting character and some kind of injustice or conspiracy that needs to be solved. And Ashley Judd was in a bunch of these. I mean, she was also in Kiss the Girls with Morgan Freeman, but they also reteamed a few years after Double Jeopardy for High Crimes, which is also excellent. Not as good as Double Jeopardy though. Double Jeopardy was that girl. And it's so funny because it was like, you know, it had a pretty hefty budget, which seventy mil, like that's significant, mm. especially for ninety nine, right? Especially when you think about the movie, like what are the special effects? You just like throwing a few cars off a ferry or whatever. So it's mainly like cars. They salary. could have thrown
2: for one million dollars a hundred cars off that ferry. Mm. Like the cars were also trash cars. Like Not he was trash. driving a
0: he was driving a shitty like, car. When you think about it, right the the reset for that shot that's that's mm. like that's fucking taken you fuck that shot up you've got to reset that we're going again tomorrow yeah. it's like you've and got made- had to,
3: Blake you forget they had to buy a couple of Kandinsky's <laughs> for this project as well hey
2: absolutely they don't come cheap they don't come <laughs> cheap now before we k- keep diving I just want to quickly talk about the transfer now this is Bruce Beresford's transfer you might look at this and say oh is this transfer good I just want to assure you that across every uh, every version of this film. It is an intentionally, especially the beginning, sunny, washed out film. So mm. if you watch start watching the beginning, it is a 1080 people digital scan, like it's a great, great new HD transfer. However, it's it might look like it's washed out until you actually see the turn of the film. When the revelations mm. start a turning, you actually get to see the really crisp in the photography and get to relish in the HD print but if you uh, just, when I was starting out, I actually called Maria in the middle of this watch. It's actually so rare for me not to be watching this movie with her. Um, so yeah. it was actually a strange experience for me. First time without Maria in like five years to watch Double Jeopardy. Um, <laughs> but I remember saying like, I'm like, oh, this is a very, there is a very clear stylistic intent with this movie. And, and so that was just something that immediately left off the screen at me. And it does also have, really quickly before we get back to everything. The making of Double Jeopardy doco is one of the pure, like, 90s, trashy, ridiculous, dumb voiceover things that you've seen a hundred times on telly. Like yeah. um, In a
0: world where... Yeah, all that. In a world so
3: like, starring what? Ashley Judd and gets everyone... Australian director <laughs> Bruce Beresford made his mission to make this film on $70 million budget. <laughs> like, that kind of proper oh. showtime... Love them from Love driving
0: him. Miss Daisy to driving Miss Crazy off yeah, the fairy.
3: Uh, whoa! Whoa! Oh my gosh, prophetic! That amazing, <laughs> prophetic! <laughs> um, that was amazing.
2: <laughs> but so, for this movie, in case you haven't seen it, which is kind of crazy, I will just give you the immediate sort of synopsis, which is Ashley Judd's character is married um, to Bruce Greenwood's character. They are together, they're happily living their life, their children are there, they're fundraising, they're kind of it's like a yuppie wet dream at the beginning of this movie. They go out into a lake and go sailing. They have a really sensational sex scene um, with Ashley mm. Judd's incredible back featured in it, which I can highly yeah. recommend. Um, and then what happens is she yeah. wakes, <laughs> then she wakes up, and it is a crime scene. Mm. Her, her husband has disappeared. How
0: <laughs> so often it is post-sex? Post-sex. <laughs>
2: The boat is covered in blood. She uh, finds a murder weapon. It is her husband's blood and he goes missing. And she immediately is basically the number one suspect, obviously, and then is eventually incarcerated while she's in prison calling to find out what's happening with her son. She hears with her former uh, son's nanny and uh, her son, that her husband is in fact there and he is alive. It has been an elaborate ruse And she gets coached by one of her fellow inmates that, you know what, you know, it's a great thing in the United States constitution It is called double jeopardy, which means that you cannot get charged for the same crime twice. So what you can do in any state of this country is leave this prison, go hunt him down and kill him in the street when you find him and the cops cannot touch you. And that motivates her in like, what is, I mean, One of the most radically economical and entertaining pulpy movies I think that is out there. And from the nineties, like, I'm just shocked, Lex, I'm not sure if this was your experience. I know I've talked to Maria about it before, but like the economy of every scene is like, what is the minimum amount of information that we need to say? And then have our actors convey to keep this thing just moving at a blistering pace. And it just does that from go to woe. such a fun watch.
3: Yeah, I would agree to that as well. I would say that um, part of the charm of this film, and I do think Bruce Beresford is a great director, but this really impressed me from him because it's so out of what I know Bruce Beresford's comfort zone to be. Like, I know him as a, a, a maker of epics and prestige films. I hadn't really seen this side of him, to the best of my recollection at least, of like a kind of pulpy, exciting, vintage 90s thriller. And I think it's a lot of beautiful visual storytelling as well. Like so much of this story is told visually in that kind of Hitchcockian manner, which adds to like that economical nature of this thriller. And that's what I found so exciting.
2: Yeah. I I want to use a word that you use a lot, which I love, which is like grubby this movie's grubbier Mm. than the stuff that he usually does and so like you you don't you don't usually associate him with that because you know if we're just talking about some of his last films you've got like ladies in black mr church you know Mao's last dancer you know all Mm. these kind of prestigey things but you know i I really i really dig this grubby little movie that he made kind of in the middle of his resume which is really really great
3: Makes me happy to see a guy like him sink down to a grub's level and muck around (laughs) in the mud for a little bit. Well,
0: what it is, like, when you say grubby, for people who haven't seen the film, they probably think it's, like, an exploitation movie or schlocky or something like that. But what it... Well, I mean, I'm interpreting what you mean Mm. by grubby is that kind of midday movie plotline, like a betrayed mm-hmm. spouse going on a mission right like a very yeah, simple bare bones revenge story and like David and Doug the writing duo who did this also did The Rock um like from mm-hmm. three years earlier which is my favorite Michael Bay movie coincidentally it's like but this for me is the the, the best thing that they've done but it's like this is what happens when you have like like let's say B grade sort of plot like in its bare bones right Mm -hmm. and then in a grade auteur filmmaker and combine mm. them together. Like I was watching Sicario. I just watched Sicario three times in a day the wow. other day. Like <laughs> I'm having a B. So, so I was wild. just like, "All right, like let's have a breakdown and watch Sicario three times." God, but
3: thank God, are you
0: okay? Days around this time of year. It, <laughs> it was, it was on literally you. on Are You Okay Day, and like, answer is no. <laughs> but as I was watching it, I was like. Trying to think about the reasons why i'm so obsessed with that movie and like obviously tyler sheridan i think is a really great mm. storyteller but for me it feels so much like a like the modern silence of the lands like sicario is that in terms of like this female character gets put into this world of man and like kind of over their headness of it all right mm. but at its bare bones as well. That's like a pretty schlocky B grade story that gets elevated by yeah. Danny Villeneuve's filmmaking and the way that he views the world and the score and the amazing cinematography and blah, blah, blah. And there are so many beautiful shots in this, like where they're where their lake, their yuppie lake house to steal Blake's <sighs> terminology is oh. like. Just the way that it's shot is so stunning. And then the contrast of that when she's in prison and her mates like, it's just sheer hate power in you girl. And I'm like, (laughs) yes! But when they move out of that and it's like the transition to New Orleans and just the way like the locations that are chosen, the way things are shot, the mom, oh my God, it's like one of the best bits. Ashley Judd's mom, who just like has like a fucking buried lunchbox full of cash and she's like, go get him, honey. And There's I'm There's always like, money in yeah!
2: tomatoes, Maria. There's always money in tomatoes.
0: Straight up, there isn't now, but back then or maybe before. <laughs> um, but it's just like, it, that. we mentioned that 70 mil budget before and also like when Blake was watching it, you, you called me and you're like, I was really surprised like how little... Tommy Lee Jones is in it like he really doesn't Mm. come into the film much later yeah yeah like halfway through and it is like the definition of supporting role like it's not like a fugitive scenario where he's like I don't kill my wife he's like I don't care it's like fully Ashley Judd and then you know Bruce and Tommy are like the supporting characters but that 70 mil budget ended up making like nearly 180 mil so it's like pretty Mm. good returns But in terms of how it translated as like a cultural moment, it sounds so random, but the like the blockbuster and MTV movie awards nominated this movie for a bunch of shit. And it was like, (laughs) which is so wild because like Bruce Greenwood was nominated for like best.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash try go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash try
0: and at mtv and like tommy lee jones and you're like okay well it's tommy off the back of batman and fugitive and shit Mm. so he's a movie star but it's also like this is such a weird movie for like, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds to be like, yes, <laughs> gas it up. Especially in 1999, which was a really like significant movie year up against the Matrix and shit. <laughs> and they're <laughs> like, yes, double jeopardy, go, go on. it
3: speaks to like that changing of the guard that we have in this year where it's like, the turn of the millennium, we're seeing lots of great movies that are like the next big step for some of the biggest filmmakers of all time. But then also we're seeing like the tail end of this kind of fantastic pulpy thriller movement that really has a bit of a pinnacle with um, Silence of the Lambs being like the biggest prestige entry in that. But then significant entries like The Fugitive and uh, Seven. like you saying, the John Grisham movie, Seven. Like so much Hellic of that brief. pulpy thriller um, genre bone really collect- took off bone
0: in Oh, Bone Collector. That's yeah. one I saw
2: for the first time this year too. Yeah.
0: Like and- these are, there's a whole bunch of like genuine auteurs, like Jonathan Demme, auteured mm. shit, you know, taking on Silence of the Lambs. Where you see when other people come into that world of Hannibal <laughs> the Cannibal, um, they they don't make like the Brett Ratner Red Dragon. Like it is, it leans so hard into the pulpy mm. stuff where it's like this is really dependent on who's telling the story and how they're able to position it.
3: I think as well, what it kind of leads to is a film like this. Being such a genuine pulpy entry into that but with having a significant female perspective as well like this really read to me as like the fugitive but make it for the miso to enjoy (laughs) and i think that's like the greatest appeal of this movie is like it has such a strong female perspective but it does not at all soften this movie that a lot of people i feel would come to Uh, That preconceived notion that maybe goes soft. This movie goes fucking so hard. It bangs harder than The Fugitive. It bangs harder than freaking half those movies we just listed.
2: No, but it's so funny you say that it's like his and hers, The Fugitive, and Double Jeopardy's yeah. The Hers. And in The Fugitive he's like, I didn't kill my wife, and in Double <laughs> Jeopardy she's like, I'll fucking kill this guy in the street. Like, I'll <laughs> and like I didn't him kill, kill <laughs> him,
0: <laughs> but I literally yeah. am going to now. But it's so funny that you make The Fugitive connection Like because Tommy Lee as well. Mm. But The Fugitive and Double Jeopardy would be on my list of, like, films that I just watch constantly. Like, constantly. I probably watch Devil Jeopardy about once a month. Like, I'm not being... Facetious, so like a gen- I know every line of dialogue. It was one of the first movies I taped off TV and had on a little VHS wow. tape, and I'd drawn like a little knife and texture on the label.
1: Oh
3: <laughs> so you don't <laughs> just know was- all the dialogue, you know all the ads that used to play in between those <laughs> well. Oh
0: my god. No, I was I was I was good. I got all the ads out. Wow. So it was like record stop, record, stop. Full theatrical experience, you know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, how's that conversion? But it's just like it just holds up like a motherfucker. Like if we've just, we're only past the 20th, the 20th, yeah, 20th anniversary. Does that sound right? How many years are we in? Yeah, 20th anniversary a few years ago. And I had written a post about Double Jeopardy and why it's important and why it's sort of like found this additional life in a world where you could, in a world where you could still make money off DVD sales. And that was still something that was significant and could happen. It found this additional life through being a really enjoyable sleepover movie, or like a movie that mums watch with their daughters, or like sisters watch together. It was like <laughs> mums like,
2: "See your dad? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna kill him in the street." <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, <I see>
0: <laughs> If you have a nuclear family, but for a, like for a lot of people, it was just that connective tissue movie. And Ashley yeah. Judd played those types of roles and represented those types of roles so well she has a um i kind of like always talk about keisha castle hughes as having the same quality too where they have a real quantifiable strength at the same mm. time as having emotional vulnerability wow. and it's really hard to have those two things at the same time because like you have a michelle rodriguez but you don't get to see her vulnerability it's like it's quantifiable strength all the time until maybe something like widows and people are like oh shit. Or it's like all vulnerability all the time. But to have that balance where you're believing that this woman will kill this guy, but at the same time, really feeling for her and Mm. everything she's going through and the fucking, the Angie, the goddamn nanny slash friend who's off with the husband and then gets murdered and then the son and then the blah, blah, blah. And like, you feel her pain. Mm. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I don't know if I have the gumption to do what she did. You know, like when she's doing one of my favorite bits where she has the weight pressed to her chest and she's doing fucking those like the reverse sit-ups. I don't know if you've ever done those before. They are so hard. (laughs) And the strength that that takes and how that like you mentioned her back before, Blake, in a super creepy little monologue. But like that's how you get those muscles is by doing the the reverse sit-up. It's fucking crazy.
3: Maria, thank you so much for even suggesting that I may have tried one of those uh, <laughs> yeah. one of those sit ups with a weight press against my chest. That means a lot to me, and that's why you're a dear and true friends.
0: Well, you know what? <laughs> Equal opportunity weights are. That's me. They are like, can I just say they are the like they look sick when you're doing them, and the results are amazing. But the actual process of getting into them because you have to hook like your calves under like a weight to be able like level yourself out yeah. it is the most humiliating yeah. and embarrassing weird little like worm wiggle to do a fucking exercise that just because Ashley Judd did it. It's <laughs> <That's> literally <laughs> the only thing I've ever done it.
3: I think one of the things that you really got to the core of, of why this movie works and why it was such a thrilling first watch is the escalation and building of not just tension but the building of stakes getting higher and higher and the circumstances getting more dangerous it mm. works phenomenally in this movie and it's all on the beautifully sculpted back of Ashley Judd's performance
0: and it's so it's so patient that's the thing that really like gets me is it's such like when she first gets out of prison and she makes the choice to go and break her parole like straight away, straight away, right? We're quite far into the movie by that point. Mm. And all that's happened is, well, not all that's happened. Like, uh, okay, her husband maybe gets murdered or disappears. She realizes that's lying, gets out of prison. So you, bah, 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 bah. But she hasn't started on the journey yet. And so by the point she's actually tracking this cunt down, it's like really quite deep into it. And the fact that they, like i really am obsessed and deeply enjoy process movies Mm. i like being shown the step from a to b to c it's why you know we love all the presidents spotlight things like that collective one of the best documentaries Mm. i've ever seen but when they show you that process of like going through it and taking the viewer with them in a way that's really generous and like quite all-encompassing that's what i really dig and like when she goes to the school and she's like moving from one thing to one thing and even the bit where um she tricks the guy into helping her and then um she's like i just got out of prison I and just he's got like out of For prison. what murder. murder like oh i hope wouldn't we'll still go home with it you'd be like mm. eh, let's just like give it a crack let's you know i it, would
2: let's let's roll the dice no i i i want to tag on one thing that you just said there which is but the movie also does something that's great, which is it's not afraid to show her having setbacks. And I think her vulnerability really? is so different because you, I, I hate character imperviousness. I really want to see characters like toil. And there's that great moment where she's like, she's so fit, she runs away from those cops, but they catch her in the sand dunes because obviously they're drawing, driving a car, right? She can't outrun a car. Like she's not the Terminator. She's not like Robert Patrick from Terminator 2. And, you know, what's amazing um, is that she has a setback, but she's got this like determination that you're like, she's going to get through it. Like she's going to get out of this. She's going to figure out a way out of this. I think that's also what's really special about the movie is that it has a way of like seemingly never losing a single ounce of pace, but actually legitimately shows cool setbacks. And then you have to watch her sort of bite down and knuckle down and be like, all right, I'm going to get through this. And she does like, especially when Tommy Lee Jones goes, Has the coffee and she's like hijacks his car, like, you know, starts like breaking out of her handcuffs and all those cool things that are like she, she, she toughs it out to get through it. Um, it's, it's just admire, it's admirable, like uh, the whole way through.
1: And
0: like plot wise, right? You know, this, the whole premise of this film, the name and the premise is based on a very specific sort of legal loophole. Mm. And like realistically, Why would she be able to like, she's super fit. That's one thing. But to be able to run away from a car, like from Patrick, like that doesn't make sense. Why would she be able to, this isn't haywire. She's not a trained fucking spy. You see the things that she's picked up in prison. This is why prison's a fucking joke. And it like what rehabilitation, you just learn how to be better (laughs) at the illegal shit you're doing anyway. But she picks up skills in there and learns things and evolves and sets out her plan but she's not a spy. She's not a CIA agent. She's not like a formal mixed martial artist. She's just really determined and learning things as quickly as she can to achieve what is like a very personal mission to her.
2: As I said, Lex, right from the top, the only way that this release would be better is if this amazing woman was on the commentary yeah. track. But we have gifted you this, folks, of the imprint companion. You can turn Maria Lewis on. And you're going to get about 30 minutes of what would have been an outstanding commentary track you can go back and follow her and find i'm sure she'll uh share with us again her piece that she did for the 20th anniversary Mm. maria you're the best thank you so much for coming on the imprint companion do you want to plug the living daylights out of yourself because we are just so grateful for your uh your wisdom and your expertise on this film as you are the number one fan of this movie
0: number one baby um i was gonna plug some film programs that i've got coming up at acme but we're shut right now and fuck knows when we'll open but if you like australian neo-noir films i've programmed a season called Yeah noir where we're playing a bunch of flicks including the hunter red hill goldstone square including interviews with the filmmakers and people involved in those movies like willem dafoe who's so fucking nice uh as well as a season called yeah the girls which is looking at Australian perspectives on the traditional Hollywood rom-com Ellie and Abby and Ellie's did aunt is playing as part of that which was a really great gorgeous queer little rom-com that came out sort of in the middle of the pandemic last year so if you missed a chance to see it on the big screen this is it as well as uh, Legally Blonde which we're playing with uh, Tiziana Biverini which is um which is filmed at my like local supermarket. So every time I like go in there, I'm always thinking of Tiziana Bubarini
1: <laughs> and all the fucking
0: beautiful numbers and shit. And there are always people in there who straight up look like they're in Tiziana mm-hmm. Buberini. And uh, my eighth book, Her Fierce Creatures, comes out in March, 2022 two if that's something you want to grab i was like is that right and um listen to josie and the podcast she's a little limited audio doco that blake and i did and you can find me on social media just look up my name that's about it
2: the best and for folks who have followed alexi and i onto screen drafts you will notice that maria has indeed programmed the number one film in Mm -hmm. the 21st century australia according to the two gms at that uh, on that show which is alexi and i goldstone big fan uh, and wish that this thing freaking ends so that I can go to the cinema and watch goal again, yeah. Lex, where can people find your good self when we are not talking about the physical media?
3: You can head on over to total reboot the podcast I do with Cameron James. We are currently doing a big mini series all about the icons of the theme of man versus machine. Uh, we are kick things off with the Terminator, with special guest Mister Sunday Movies. We're doing two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, and Robocop, amongst many other great icons. Only with this miniseries, we've decided <laughs> icons only.
0: Can I lift the veil for one moment? Um, I, I sent Lexia like a voice mess, a bunch of voice memos, as is yep. my preferred mode of uh, always. communication. always voice <laughs> and, memos off so and cool.
2: never to. Never two, always Never
3: two. always eight.
2: And you're can like... I also <laughs> say
3: the other thing? Now that it's just the three of us in here, they always always begin with, uh, "Yeah, just so uh, I just send a voice moment instead because you know I got fat fingers, can't be bothered typing yeah, every because- single time." <laughs> they always begin with the same thing
0: <laughs> because I always like. I now I feel now that you've said that I will stop doing that. But I truly like every time I send them, I'm like they're a nice little friendship podcast yeah. for me. It's also been truly the best way to stay in touch with people in different time zones because yeah. you don't know if that person's up or whatever and they can just send it fuck off and then there's a new message for you but i sent lexi um some voice members the other day and he goes oh i was about to send you one back but i'm watching space odyssey and the <laughs> apes just went nuts
3: <laughs> <laughs> i was about to reply and then it's like the apes start screaming at each other go oh maybe i'll wait and just do it do it later
0: It'll be oh. such a good voice memo if you're like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then the
1: <laughs> background is just like, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> <laughs> But they all say